Good morning and welcome to the morning buzz. Today, the snow is falling outside, so beautifully quiet, and it's hushing for the moment all of the world, it seems, and even the little squirrels. We have a little albino squirrel that likes to come and play outside of our window and um, run across the street back and forth from the wooded area that's off the back side of our porch. And even that little guy is hiding in the snow. And today, for some reason, I caught myself reminiscing on a time a few years back, it's been almost four years now, when I felt a still quiet inside of me that wasn't so peaceful. My youngest daughter developed a heart condition when she was around two and a half years old that none of us knew she had. And I don't know about the rest of you as parents, but when those things creep into your life and none of you know that they're happening, those can be some of the scariest moments of your entire life. And for me and my family, um, not knowing what was happening to that little baby was probably the scariest thing we've ever had to walk through as a family. Our little one one day um, was jumping and playing. I was out of town. I was visiting South Texas. And she was just jumping around and playing and was being her happy little bubbly self And we had just eaten some Mexican food. And I looked over at her and she looked like her belly was sick. And when you look at your little one and they look like they have a sick tummy, uh, you go into mommy protocol of sick belly syndrome, right? Just what do we do when their tummy hurts? And, you know, you start... You know, let's get an ice pack, let's get some Sprite, you know, a wet washcloth. What do you do when your baby's tummy hurts? So we laid her up on the bed and we got her taken care of and she acted like she wanted to throw up. And so we got a trash can and we took care of her to the best of our ability. Well, all of a sudden she kind of made a gagging noise and all, you know, all seemed better for a little while. Well, I noticed a couple days later, you know, her demeanor still seemed off and she still seemed sick to her tummy. By this time, we had already gotten in the car and traveled back up to our, you know, our place where we were living at the time in San Antonio. And I was working for a doctor at the time. Well, I, she was attending a preschool and I told the doctor what all was happening. So pause right there. It's funny how God lines up everything in your life. Remember, I was a hairdresser. But at that time, I wasn't working in a salon. I was doing hair on the side. I was a single mom at the time. But God had me working at a doctor's office. I was working at the front desk, doing everything I could do to make ends meet. My daughter was at a preschool, but I was working for a doctor. One of the best doctors around that area. So my daughter's attending preschool that day, and I woke up in the morning and prayed over her. Well, while I was at work, I, you know, I laid out 
everything that had happened. And I just knew something was wrong. And I told the doctor what all had happened. He said, don't be surprised if you get another phone call from the school that day. So when we did, I rushed to go pick her up and brought her back to the doctor to get an exam done that day. Well, he looked at her and he checked her heart rate. And we had no idea what was ahead of us. He quietly ushered me out of the room and stood me in the hall. And he said, at all costs, get her to the hospital. He had already phoned the emergency room and a pediatric cardiology unit, uh, a cardiothoracic pediatric unit, I guess is how you say it, at the hospital and notified them that we were on our way because my daughter's heart rate was 250 beats per minute and that it would take too long for an ambulance to get there and I needed to get her to the hospital. By the grace of God, we got to the hospital. They escorted us in. I was all alone, no family, just me and my daughter. We got there. We went inside. They hooked her up to monitors. And at that moment, I don't think that I have ever pleaded and begged with God for my daughter's life like I did. You see, when we're a first-time mom, this was my second daughter, but when we're a first-time mom, we are expectant and we become these hovercraft parents, right? And we think, you know, what's it going to be like to be a parent? What's this love going to feel like that we're going to love for these little beings the first time that we feel the flutter? Well, then we have our baby and we know that this love, this mama bear, you know, love comes out for our child. And then we have our next child and we love them just as much. But what happens when their life is on the line? What happens when you have to be helpless and you're on your knees by this bed and you're looking at your baby's life and they're hooked up to these monitors, excuse me, and there's nothing that you can do besides plead in the place with God for their life? I, I knelt down by the bed while my daughter was hooked up to these monitors. She was on IVs. Her little body was so limp because her heart rate had been so high. And they let me know that they were going to charge her body with a chemical called adenosine, which from what I understand still would have stopped her heart. So they did it and it did nothing. It didn't affect her heart rate at all. Then they did it again and it did nothing. And then they did it a third time, and it did nothing. And I closed my eyes, and I looked up at the Lord, and I said, Lord, at all costs, whatever it takes, spare my child's life. I believe that she will be something great for you. Just spare her life, Lord. Spare her life. And I'm sure that the people in the room, had they not been saved, had they not known God, They saw this mama kneeling at the foot of the bed, screaming to God, holding her baby's hand, begging for God to spare her child's life. At that moment, a doctor walked in. Right as they were beginning to apply the paddles to her heart to shock her, to reset her rhythm. And he says, well, why haven't you tried this one drug that's called a beta blocker to reset her little heart? 
I knew that God was working in my child's favor. I knew that God had heard my cries. I knew that God had heard the prayer of a mama because I did not want them to shock her heart. They were going to remove me from the room. They were going to apply these paddles to her little body that could have burnt her little skin. At that moment, this doctor walked in. I have never been more thankful for God hearing my prayers. They pushed this drug through her the little IV, and I saw her little body for the first time in hours relax. And I knew that God heard me. I knew that God loved me, and he loved my baby, and he was going to spare her life. Now, was the road after that easy? No, it actually got harder. The drug wasn't effective long term. We had to get the measurement correct every single day at the same exact time. I would have to go up to her little preschool or in the morning, and if she missed a dose because someone was scared to give it to her, we would have to, you know, it it was just terrifying. There were days that the drug didn't work and she would say, mommy, my heart's beeping. And I would look at her and she, her little mouth around the edges would look gray and we'd have to run to the hospital and they'd pack her in ice and give her an IV. And it was just years of this till finally we found another uh, cardiothoracic surgeon that worked in a peds unit in San Antonio that was willing to perform a surgery on a five-year-old's heart. He felt confident that, and he was a Christian, he was a believer, and he felt confident that he could go in and stop what was happening to my daughter's heart. See, they gave her a diagnosis of what is called Wolf Parkinson's White. At that time, I didn't know anything about what was happening. But we had been treating my daughter for this condition with this medication called Wolf Parkinson's White all these years. When we got to the hospital and we all prayed, we prayed over her, my daughter said that she knew her angel that God had given her was with her. This is coming from the mouth of a child. See, they see through different eyes. They see through untaunted, untainted eyes. They see in a different realm than we do because they have faith that that is beautiful. And she knew that her angel was walking with her. So my child goes into surgery and she closes her eyes with peace. And in the middle of surgery, the doctor walks out and says that he will have to go and cut a hole through the left chamber to the right chamber of her heart, which is very dangerous because he has to get through to, to do this specific type of ablation. Everyone in the waiting room that was there with our family hit our knees and we began speaking to the Lord and asking God to please find favor with my daughter, Brianne, and to please be there for her in the surgery and to guide the doctor's heart. I'm telling you, God worked in favor for this child. Now, did he still have to go through the chambers? Yes, but he comes out at the end of the surgery He says that there was a hole that had always been there. It was a hole from the time she was born in her heart that had just never closed. And their diagnosis from the beginning from the other hospital had been wrong. She had what they called a Moheim fiber. That's what was causing her heart to beat so fast. And he said that he had never been able to say this before. 
this surgery, but that without fail, her heart would never, ever have that problem again. All I can tell you is we have a God that sees things through from start to finish. That child was up and walking two days later, running around with no shortness of breath, never had to get back on her heart medication again. And absolutely, if you ask her to this day, she says that her angel was there with her in the emergency room. She told her doctors the angels were there in the emergency room. We saw the staff pray over her in the emergency room. I have not arrived. I have not arrived to the point where I am not still in shock and awe and wonder at the glory and majesty of God and his and my amazement at what he did for my family in that moment. But I do believe that his hand and his mercy was on us that day. I don't know why healings don't happen every single day. I don't know why things bad happen in our world, except for the fact that I can tell you, I have never prayed like I prayed during those years where we went through some of the hardest times we've ever been through as a family, holding my little limp baby in my arms, watching her heart on that monitor shoot up and go down and shoot up and go down. But I can tell you this beyond a shadow of a doubt that I know my God is real and I know my God has the potential to do miraculous things. The God that created the universe is a real God. And I encourage you today, wherever you are, where I am, the snow is falling softly and there is a quietness on the ground. And it gave me time to reflect on the majesty and the awe of God. And maybe I needed that this morning. Maybe I needed to think back on that hospital room where I was on my knees begging for God to be there. He was always there. He was always there. But maybe there's been times when you've been on your knees begging for God too. He's always been there. Even in those hard moments, even the moments when you're on the floor and you're looking up at the sky and you're saying, Daddy, Daddy, God, I need you. Well, he's there. He's there. Even if you don't get the response that you need right away, he's there. I love you and I'm here for you and I'm praying for you. And I hope that this message is a message of encouragement for you in your life this morning on The Morning Buzz.